0: Forth Lord Jesus, that it would bless every hearer, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, that you would just be you, God. You're the great I am. You just be you, God. And everything else will take care of itself, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We lift you. My subject on today, thank you, Lord. The Lord has given me, Amen, the title, Do You Recognize It? Amen. 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 Do you recognize it? Um, last week somebody called me. Basically, they were going through something in their home in their apartment. Um, and they were on the they were in the process of calling me, but they ended up calling another minister. Amen, but um, when I checked on the person, she asked me a question. she said, You know, I was gonna call you, but I didn't know if your ministry was a deliverance ministry Lord. amen, Lord. and I said, Yes, we are a deliverance minister. I said it's in the name, amen. amen um but it had me it had me think back to the time when um somebody else asked me that same question um because their son was going through. And I had to tell the lady, I said, honestly, it was right after Pastor Carter, Pastor, I said, honestly, I don't think we have enough power in the church, amen, to deliver like we did in the past. Glory, glory. Amen. But when she asked me that question and I, you know, I thought about the answer, I said, yes, we are a deliverance ministry. So I thank God for that. Um and so that kind of sent me on a it sent me on a search in my word to study what deliverance is. And when you look at it in the Hebrew when you start to study deliverance, amen. It pretty much means the same thing throughout all of the Bible. It's about a way of escape, God making a way of escape. Um And in my studying, the Lord just just dropped on me that reconciliation is a sign of deliverance. When God starts to deliver you from things, he starts to bring things and put things back together. His love puts things back together. God loves when when things go back to the way that he intended for them to be in the first place. Um, But the question that I I have for y'all, the question, that's the title of the sermon, do you recognize it? What do you think deliverance looks like in your life? Um, the, the the young lady that called me, she was she was talking about, you know, being delivered from an unclean spirit. Amen. Amen. And, and that's what that's what kind of sent me on the search to start searching to see what deliverance is. And like I say, it is it's a way of, of escape. Can you recognize when God is trying to deliver you, when he is trying to make a way of escape for you? and sometimes our unhealthy strength our pride or, or or us thinking that we can take take things on or take Satan on or whatever it is by ourselves will have us look past the exit sign or look past God's way of escape and we still like traveling on this road of destruction and don't even know it but God loves to draw us back like he, he loves to, to to illuminate that exit sign and say come like come over this way come to me and so even though God loves to put things back together he doesn't however put back together things that weren't meant to get to weren't meant to be together in the first place Amen. right yeah. so when God is delivering you from something there's going to be a separation and if that thing you often hear me pray God anything that is not like you take it away When God starts to deliver you, you got to be prepared for some things and some people not to be around anymore, period, period. Some things and some people are going to go away, right? So whatever it is, whether it's lust, pornography, like whatever it is, financial go away, period. When God delivers, even if it's a change in mind, right? You won't think the same anymore. Does that mean Satan is going to stop tempting you? No, but deliverance means God is going to change you. He's when, And like when God delivers you, when you see what he's done, when you recognize it, you ain't going to want to go back that way. Amen. Amen. I come across all kind of things, glory, that could possibly tempt me. But now God has my mind, right? So when, when, I, when I'm seeing a woman half-clothed, that don't turn me on no more. It actually, it disgusts me because I'm like, you need to cover up. Yeah, yeah. Glory, glory. Right? I couldn't always say that. I be trying like my, my brain goes my brain goes into Bible mode. Yeah. I be trying to think, okay, why? What are you trying to prove by looking like that? What, what, what void is in you that like that's doing that? Are you doing it just for you? Right? And not just, I don't know why God is taking me that way, but I'm saying deliverance. It doesn't always make sense. It, it doesn't always make sense to you, and it definitely doesn't always make sense to other people. But when God delivers you for something, you have to recognize it. We spend a lot of time trying to fit square pegs into round holes. We spend a lot of time trying to make stuff make sense to make it fit. When we don't recognize that God is trying to deliver you, he don't want you to fit in in that position no more. He don't want you to be in that space no more. But you constantly trying to shape yourself and mold yourself so you will fit in a spot. And God was like, I'm trying to deliver you. I'm trying to deliver you, but you keep trying to fit in this spot. You keep trying to be in this place. And so for my text on this Sunday, I'm using Genesis 45 and it's a story that I, I often read. I love it. But this time I began to think, you know, a lot of times when we read the Bible and it's certain people, like it's Moses or David or Joseph or Daniel, we always put ourselves or when we read and we, and we, and we do put ourselves in that person's shoes, we always put ourselves in the hero's shoes. Right, we always the stories about Moses, so I'm gonna compare myself to Moses. The stories about Daniel, I'm gonna compare myself to Daniel. We always put ourselves in the position of the hero or the person that God is using, versus the person who has done the hero wrong. And so, in Genesis 45, is the story of Joseph. But I I, want to talk about his brothers on today, not so much Joseph. So y'all can remain sitting. This is Genesis 45 verses 1 through 3. It says, then Joseph could not control himself any longer in front of all those who attended him. And he called out, have everyone leave me. So no man stood there when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. So if you know the story of Joseph, he had a dream. He told his brothers and his fathers that they would one day bow down to him. He was his father's favorite. His father made him a coat of many colors. One day, his brothers decided to kill him. But one of his brothers taught him out of it. And instead, they decided to sell him off in slavery. He was sold into slavery. He ended up going to prison, being falsely accused. He ended up going to prison. But his gifts and his talents got him delivered. God made a way of escape. And he rose to the second highest position in Egypt. And then a famine hit. When the famine hit, his family had to come to Egypt to get food. And when they came to Egypt to get food, Joseph recognized them, but they did not recognize him. And so when we picking up in the story. It came to a point where Joseph was like, I can't hold it any longer. I got to let these people know who I am. I got to tell them who I am. So he cleared everyone out the room. And then he revealed himself to his brothers. It works the same way with God. Sometimes God got to clear everybody else out the room. It comes a point in your life where God like, I can't wait no longer. I got to let these people know who I am. Everybody else got to get out of the room. Everybody else got to go. And then that second verse says that Joseph wept aloud. And the Egyptian who had left him heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard it let me tell you when God starts crying out for you or when the Holy Spirit starts crying out for you it don't make sense to the world The tug that be on your life be so strong people don't understand why you changing all of a sudden right they hear it or they see the change right but they in another place they not in the room they don't see what's happening they don't see God revealing himself they don't see none of that. They just hear, right? They just got a, a little side piece of what God is trying to do, and they don't understand it because they're not in the room. When it's just you and God in the room, other people are not going to understand the change that's taking place in your life. And so in the third verse, Joseph begins to talk to his brother. It says, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. I imagine Jesus saying, I am Jesus. Right? Right? Is my father still alive? Right. So as a part of this story, his brothers, when they sold Joseph off into slavery, his brothers went back and told their father that Joseph got attacked by a wild animal, that he was dead. So this whole time, the father is thinking that Joseph is dead. Right. So Joseph said to his brother, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. For they were stunned and dismayed. By the fact that they were in Joseph's presence. And I have in my my notes, it says, come face to face with your mess. See, a lot of times we focus on Joseph, but a lot of times we are the brothers standing in that room. When we come face to face with Jesus, we left there speechless, right? And I imagine, right, they were standing before the person that, imagine standing before the person that you plotted to kill. That you lied to your own father about him being dead. You've been holding on to these lies for all your life and you come face to face with the person that you tried to kill. And it just so happened that this person, at this point and at this season, in time, is the only person that can save you. Whew. Imagine their fear. They don't know what he about to do. Is he about to get revenge? Right? Imagine their shame. You tried to kill your brother. Now you standing before. Him. Imagine that guilt. Imagine all the emotions that they had standing in that room with Joseph. Right. Do you recognize? Right. Do you recognize? I, I got it like come face to face with your mess. Do you recognize when you when you are in the presence of God? Do you recognize when God is trying to pull you out? It's not going to be comfortable it's going to put you in a position where you're going to have to own up. If you really want deliverance, it's going to put you in a position where you really got to own up to everything that you've done, all the lies that you told. All the things that you've done. When you really want deliverance, you're going to have to go back and apologize. You're going to have to go back and make it right. You're going to go back and have to try to fix it. Because you're standing face to face with the only person that can save you. And you have no idea what he's getting ready to do. Glory, glory. The fourth verse says, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come closer to me. Now, ain't that a good brother? You tried to kill him. He's like, please come closer. But the thing about it is, right? You don't know where he's going. Hey, are you telling me to come closer to you so you can hurt me? Right, right. Are you telling me to come closer to you so that you can embrace me? And see, that's what we go through sometimes when God is trying to get to us. We like he, he's telling us to come close and we like, God, I, that thing hurt. Coming close to you hurts. Learning about you hurt, getting in your word hurts. You mean I can't do what I used to do? You mean I can't go where I used to go? You mean I can't dress how I used to dress? Coming closer to you, I don't know what's getting ready to happen. Joseph say, please come closer to me. And they approached him, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me ahead of you. Come on, glory, now. glory, glory, glory. For God sent me ahead of you to save your life and to preserve our family, right? Jesus is that same way, right? After all that we've done, he's saying, come closer, right? But don't be don't be distressed, don't be angry with yourselves. It was all part of God's plan. I did this for you. Question is: do y'all recognize it? Do you recognize the price that God has paid? That sixth verse says, So, for the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are still five more years in which there will be no plowing and harvesting. As long as we are on this earth, we are going to suffer. The famine is still in the land. And it ain't going nowhere no time soon. But that seventh verse says, God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you around it on the earth and to keep you alive by a great escape. Another verse said, by a great deliverance. God is a deliverer. You can be in a dry place and he's already made a way for you to get out. And that way is Jesus. That way is Jesus. So then the eighth verse says, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God. You can't get rid of God. You can't get rid of Jesus, right? His love knows no, it knows no ends. It knows no limits. The only way you can escape it is if you constantly, constantly rebel against it. But he's going to continue. It's just like that that, that verse that says, if 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 the shepherd has ninety nine, he will lead the flock to go get the one. Yeah. Yeah. And not only has God sent Jesus, rolling with that eighth verse, it says He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Not only did God send Jesus, but He put Him in control. He put him in control. God asked us to come closer in spite of what we've done. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Right? What it would have been like to stand in the room with those, as those men, as those brothers, knowing you tried to kill this person. And he's still saying, i may, I like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. God put me here as a way of escape. Is it really possible that this man whom we betray each and every day still loves us? And I'm convinced that anybody that has trouble living for God, they really don't understand the depths of his love. If you understand the depths of God love for you. Right. And maybe your life ain't been perfect. Maybe your life has been perfect. Maybe you sick right now. Maybe, you, you, maybe you've maybe you been through a whole bunch of stuff. You know, the Bible tells us not to fear man that can destroy the body, but fear God that can destroy the soul. Even if you leave, even if you are in Christ, even if you leave this earth, and Jesus takes you home to be with him, can you recognize that that's a way of escape from this painful world right here? That's a way of escape. He always has a way of escape. We're not going to be in this this life forever. We're not going to cry forever. We're not going to be hungry forever. We're not going to suffer forever. We're not going to get rejected forever. He always has a way of escape, whether it's in this life or the next. Even if you had everything that you want, you might feel better for the moment, but I guarantee you it's still going to be something. There's still going to be a void somewhere. So the only real way of escape is Jesus. Jesus' reply just like Joseph was if it's the Father's will, let it be done. Right? He said God made it this way so that I could be a great way of escape for you. And so this last part, I'm almost done, y'all. This last part, The ninth verse says, hurry and go up to my father and tell him your son, Joseph, says this to you. God has made me Lord over all Egypt. Come down to me and do not delay. Now, what about that part, Pastor? Joseph basically said, before I can deliver you. Imagine this. Before I can deliver you, you got to go home and you got to tell your father that you lied. That Joseph is not dead. He's alive. Imagine going home to tell your father that you lied and said that his son was dead for how many of the years Joseph was in Egypt. You got to confess that the son is alive. You got to confess that he's alive, that he's not dead. And it's the same thing with Jesus. You got to confess That he's alive. That he's not dead. And not only is he not dead. But he's sitting. on On the side of the throne. On the right hand of God. With all power. In his hand. To deliver you. Jesus. I mean Joseph says. Right. In the 10th verse. So basically, after you go do this, he says, then shall you live in the land of Goshen. Then shall you live in the land of Goshen, the best pasture, and you should be close to me and your children and your grandchildren and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you and sustain you so that you and your household and all that are yours may become may not become impoverished. For there are still five years of famine to come. If you want to live through it, if you want to escape, you got to go make it right. Stop thinking that God is going to give you the power, the strength, the anointing, the Holy Ghost, the breakthrough, the business, the whatever it is, the blessing. And you don't go and fix what's wrong. If you don't go and confess, if you don't go and make it right, you can't live. I don't care. I don't care what the world tells you. You cannot be lukewarm. You you cannot claim Christ and still live like the world. You can't, and not be blessed. Right? Deliverance in the Bible places an emphasis on escape from all threats. I don't care what it is. Stop trying to categorize your sin, and look—you looking at other people like they sin worse than you. Stop trying to categorize your sin. You need full deliverance. Yeah, whatever I—I'm I, not worried about what Brother Roosevelt's struggle is, what Brother Marcus struggle is. I got to worry about my own struggles, yeah. and I need deliverance from my struggles, yes. yeah. from yeah. all threats, whatever Lord is going to get in your way, whatever is going to stop me from getting to you. That's what I need deliverance from. Yeah. I might not need the same thing that Brother Janelle needs. Yes. I just need deliverance from my from, from anything that's gonna keep me away from you. Yes, yes, amen. Deliverance is about escape. So do you recognize that you are in a war for your life? What Satan tries to do, he tries to distract you. He tries to distract you with your with your bank account. He tries to distract you. With your job, right? He even he even use your children. He'll use your spouse. He'll use your friends. You know he don't care where he'll use food. He'll use the TV. He'll use your cell phone, right? The Bible said everything that God made was good. It's us that take it and corrupt it. Yeah. We let Satan tempt us, and we let we we let him tempt us to make other things bigger than God. Do you realize that you are in the war for your life? Glory. And Jesus is the only way of escape. He's the only way of escape. Don't let your unhealthy strength, and and, I'm done. Um, I'm coming in, but don't let your unhealthy strength have you thinking you're going to make it on your own. Those brothers went to Egypt, right? They went to Egypt. The only reason they ended up in that place... They went to Egypt because they needed food. They were running out of food. They needed something to sustain them. They had no clue that when they got to Egypt, they were going to come face to face with their brother. You don't know when your day, when you, you don't know when it's your day. You don't know when it's your time for deliveries. So you got to keep your eyes open. Yes. Today might be your day. Yes. Today might be the day that you get delivered for something. The question is did you come in here looking for it. Today might be the day. But just like those brothers, when you find yourself face to face with Jesus, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Are you gonna be honest? Are you gonna be honest? I just imagine like I keep turning that over and over in my head like what do you say to a person yes. do you realize like they sold him this man that went to jail behind this yes. right who else knows what happened to him like who else knows what happened in the story that we can't read like years yes. of pain and suffering because of your brothers what do you say to a, what do you say to a person that you done hurt like that and that's what we need to figure out. What, what do you need to say to Jesus because of what you've done? And then it doesn't stop there. Because that's what we try to do. Jesus, I'm sorry, but now Joseph said, Now go home and tell daddy. <laughs> My God. If you say you're sorry, not go home and, and, and tell like the hey. tell somebody, tell that person. Now ask daddy to forgive you. Yes. Go go tell the person you hurt. Yes. God requires so much more of us than what we give him. Yes. And we keep skate by thinking, I'm good. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. Yes. There's more. He's requiring more. Yes. Do you recognize? Yes. 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 Amen. Amen.